Good morning, Crossroads. Today, I want to give you a message centered on hope from the book of Revelation. When Pastor Will asked me to preach today, uh, knowing that it was the last Sunday of the year, I was thinking about what God may want to remind us of as we look back on a year like 2020 and as we look ahead to 2021. Uh, For me, at least, uh, when I'm in the middle of a hard season, I tend to need something to look at, to look forward to so that I can have hope. And thankfully, God provides us a vision of the future in Revelation 21 that I think can give us hope for today. You see, Revelation, the book of Revelation in the Bible, it was written by the disciple John in his old age. It's an account of a prophetic vision that God gave John about how God is going to wrap things up in world history. And today we're going to focus on a few verses in chapter 21 where God talks about the new heavens and the new earth. And I pray that this vision of the future will help you find hope in the now, in today. So if you will, read along with me if you have your Bibles. Uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And there's four main points of hope that I want to give to you today. The first one is this. God's new creation is coming. In the book of Revelation, we see a future telling of how this story will end, per se. We see that in the end times, God will be doing something new. A new creation will come. This should give us hope for the future. Here's why. You don't need me to tell you that our world is broken and that our world is reeling from the effects of sin. You already know this. And you already know how much it hurts sometimes to endure pain, loss, and suffering in this life. But one day, this old creation, the one that we're in now, will be no more. God has promised to do this. He has told us right here in the book of Revelation, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. When something passes away, it's gone. It's not here anymore. And in this case, what has passed is the old, the old heaven and the old earth the one we know, and it will be gone. Going further, the holy city, the New Jerusalem, is described as a bride. This is interesting. As New Yorkers, we like the city. And most of us would even say that our city is the greatest city in the world. 9-11 didn't change that, and I do not believe COVID-19 has changed that opinion for most of us. But the New Jerusalem is going to be something else. Revelation 21 verse 2 says, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, if you're married or if you've even attended a wedding, uh, think about the bride at the wedding. The bride is always adorned on her wedding day. Whether it's jewels, hair, makeup, the dress, uh, whatever, a bride spends a considerable amount of time, money, and energy into looking her best on her wedding day. Why, why is it, do you think, that even the toughest men sometimes will cry at the altar? Because what they see walking towards them is so overwhelmingly beautiful that they just can't help it. 
And in the same way, God will have prepared this new Jerusalem for us to be our home for all of eternity. And this is how God's holy city, the new Jerusalem, uh, part of the new creation that's described here in Revelation 21, is it, it, this is how it's described. It's coming down from the clouds and it's coming down for us to dwell in. And frankly, as an urbanite who lives in the greatest city of the world, I can't wait for the New Jerusalem to be my future home. Better yet, the New Jerusalem will be pure. It will be free from sin, the Bible says. It'll be impossible for death to reign within its borders. Hallelujah, um, as we think about a, a year like 2020. In fact, the phrase in verse 1 that says, and the sea was no more, uh, many scholars often, often point to that as, as being something that represents the fact that evil will be rooted out, uh, that evil will be destroyed, since in the ancient times, the sea was often seen as a symbol of evil and wickedness. Um, so when it says the sea will be more, no, no more, that means that, that, that it's gone. And this is what awaits the follower of Jesus Christ, and this is a great reason to have hope in the midst of a hard season like 2020, in the midst of a year like no other that we've ever experienced. God's new creation church is coming, and we get to live in it. The second point of hope that I want to give to you this morning, God's eternal dwelling place is with us. God's eternal dwelling place is with us. And so if you are a Christian, um, have you ever... I just want to ask you this this morning. Have you ever experienced a spiritually dry season? A season where it feels like sometimes God's not near to you. If you've ever experienced that, then straight from the Bible this morning, I have fantastic news for you. In the new creation, God will be with us in a physical reality. The Bible says in Revelation 22, verse 4, they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. That's right, church. We will see God face to face with no barriers in the way, no mask, no face shields, no goggles needed, because behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. First of all, this is a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy in the book of Leviticus. Uh, Leviticus 26, 11 through 13 says, I will make my dwelling among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you, and will be your God, and you shall be my people. However, if you know your Old Testament history, uh, this promise was actually forfeited by the Israelites due to their unbelief. And then we see this promise fulfilled in the birth of Christ, something that we just celebrated during the Advent uh, season and on Christmas. And we also see it partially fulfilled in the coming of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul actually says in 2 Corinthians 6.16, he says, We are the temple of the living God. And this refers to the truth that God the Holy Spirit dwells within us as believers. When, when we make a decision to follow Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit indwells within us. Uh, Paul viewed the promise of the Old Testament as fulfilled in Christianity. But here in Revelation, here in Revelation, we see the final and eternal fulfillment of this prophecy. Yes, Christians certainly do experience the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. But one day, the Bible says, we will experience God dwelling with us fully when we actually live with God in his city. That should give us hope, church. The main point, um, the third main point that, that I want to give you, uh, third main point of hope uh, is this. God will remove 
all the bad things. God will remove all the bad things. Now, this is my favorite part. To make this point, if you will, wherever you're at, engage in the following exercise with me. Think about everything you've been through in 2020. Picture it. Feel it. Think about how much sadness, how much fear, how much anger, how much frustration, how much loss, how much grief, how much suffering, how much hurt, and how much strife you have had to deal with this year. Picture it. Feel it. Then try to imagine a 2020 without that. And then a 2021. And then a 2022. 2023. And on and on and on. Imagine that you never have to experience any of those things ever again. God's presence, His dwelling place being with us, assures us that the ill effects of sin will be no more. In short, God will remove all the bad things. Listen to what the Bible says God is going to do in Revelation 21.4. We read it earlier, but I, wanna, I really want this to sink in. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. As a father, I, I can actually relate in some way to this, uh, in, in a very small way, and maybe you can too. Uh, when my daughter's upset, um, upset from something that happened to her or from the consequences of her own actions, uh, the tears often flow in, in, in the Via household uh, from six-year-old eyes. And once we begin to talk about whatever happened though, one of my favorite things to do is to wipe the tears away from her eyes. As, as she's calming down, as we're talking it out, I'll often just take my thumb and, and I'll just wipe those tears away. And what that does is it signifies that sadness and sorrow are over. And in the same way, one day, God is going to do this for his children. Imagine, church, what that's going to be like. The tears mentioned here often represent human sorrow, sadness, tragedy, evil, and even death itself. All of those things, death included, have passed away according to the scriptures in the new creation. Yes, the Bible actually says that death itself one day will die. And that is good news for us. You see, in Revelation 21 verse 4 that we just read, God is actually reversing the curse of Genesis 3, where sin entered the world and led to death. That order of things, according to the Bible, one day will be over. We can celebrate that today because we know that it's coming. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55 says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And one scholar actually says, In the new order, all the evils that have burdened and cursed human existence will flee away from the presence of God. They will be out of there. And you see, Jesus who is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, has also taken away sin's effects on the world. The Lamb is conquered, and the bad things are now gone forever. The Bible says never to return again. And as Christians, at the end of a year like 2020, we must be reminded of what the future holds. A sinless, painless, deathless future with God in all eternity should be our hope. God will remove all the bad things. 
And the last point of hope that I want to give to you this morning is this. Our future in Christ is secure. Our future in Christ is secure. Revelation 21.5 says, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Now, in, in the passage of Scripture that we're studying, we actually hear from God directly. God reminds us here, in the first spoken words in this passage, he says he's making all things new and that we can trust his word to come to pass. And this should give all who follow Christ renewed hope and strength during a hard time or a hard year. We can know that the creator of all, the one that made everything there is, he loves us, he cares for us, and he will one day create a place for us and he's going to be there too. And we will dwell with him forever. Our future in Christ is secure. God also reminds us that he keeps his promises. He is even willing to have John, the author of Revelation, hold him accountable to keep his word by telling him, hey, write this down. And then this section of scripture ends with a promise and a warning. So first the promise. It's, we find it in verses six to seven. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. This should further reinforce the hope that Christians should have for the future. God promises to fully quench the spiritual thirst that we have with the free gift of the water of life, eternal life with him. God is the Alpha. He's the Omega. God is the beginning and he's the end. God starts it and God finishes it, church. He's almighty God. He can do this. But there's also a warning for those who are outside of Christ, for those who have not placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, for those who the Bible says are still dead in their trespasses and their sins, God issues a warning. He says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. You see, church, since God's new creation will be free from sin, all those who die in their sins without receiving Christ's forgiveness, the Bible says that they will be excluded from this new reality. They will be excluded from this future hope. And instead, their reality will be in, and these are hard words, what the Bible calls the lake of fire, the second death. Jesus actually says the same thing, um, something similar to this in Matthew 16, verse 25. He says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And today, if you're not a follower of Jesus, then as, as a pastor here at Crossroads, I'm, I'm here to call you to repent, which means to turn away from your sin and to turn towards Jesus in faith that he alone can save you and can give you eternal life. And so hopefully you've seen a glimpse today, um, albeit a small glimpse, a glimpse today of what eternal life will look like. And certainly um, you felt the effects of sin in your life at some point. 11 years ago, I saw the same glimpse of the future and I saw it right next to my own sin. And I called out to Christ to save me and save me he did. And he can save you too. He can give you a future that you can hope in. Not an uncertain future. Not, not a future that's, that's up for grabs um, or, or, or that's undecided. It's, it's one that's certain. You can hope in it. 
and it's God's free gift for you. All you have to do is receive it. And if you're hearing that today, um, let me just suggest this could be your silver lining to the end of 2020. 2020 in many ways has, uh, has been an unbelievably hard year, but this could be your silver lining. Perhaps God's using a hard year like 2020 to reveal to you that this is not how things are going to be forever. Uh, perhaps the hardship and the grit um, of 2020 and, and the grind that we've been through uh, is just God's way of showing you that, hey, it's not always going to be this way. There's a future hope for those who trust in Christ. And today, if you're a follower of Christ, then I hope that you're reminded and encouraged to keep your eyes on Jesus. The Bible says he's the author of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. The Bible also says he promises to right all the wrongs and he gives us a future hope that cannot be taken away from us. And I hope if you're a Christian today that that encourages you. Let's pray together. God, thank you for giving us a future filled with hope. Thank you that it's a future where you will wipe away our tears, that you will heal your creation, and that you remind us of this, that as we close out a hard year, God, I pray that you would just renew our strength and renew our hope in you. Thank you, God, for your amazing promises that you give to us. Amen.